Red gliding baseball rags. See the pitcher throw and strike him out. You got him going. Oh, oh. That sliding baseball drag. Don't you be a quitter. Show him you're a heavy hitter. Some classy curve the pitcher twirling. Go on, kids. Spin without a whirling. Hey, soak it out. Soak it out. Make a home run. Ball. Strike. Stay hit. First base. Make second. You're a bird. Keep it going, Sonny. Make me win a lot of money. Don't stop until you're touching third. You're a holy terror. Center fielder made an error. Slide, slide. You made a good beginning for you know that your team always makes a winning when you play ball and sing that baseball rag. Hello there, everybody, and welcome to the July 14th edition of Free Baseball, the podcast that goes into extra innings to bring you the best in commentary, insight, and analysis of our national pastime. I'm your host, Robert Cadera. Today on Free Baseball, we'll look back at this week's Major League Baseball amateur draft that we previewed on last week's show, and we'll dissect why this year's All-Star Game, despite all the hype, drew the smallest TV audience in recent memory, continuing a long trend. On our Unsung Heroes segment, we will have 10 of them this week. We look at really good players on really bad teams. 10 of the best seasons from players on lousy teams. And then we will have an answer to last week's trivia question and a new one for next week. Jane, start the ball rolling. Tuesday's 2023 Major League Baseball All-Star Game drew record low viewership for the second straight year. The game, which saw the National League win for the first time in 11 years, reportedly averaged 7 million viewers on Fox. The previous low was from last year, 2022, when it drew 7.5 million. That itself was a 10% decline from the 2021 viewership. If you go back a few years, let's go back to 2014, nine years ago, the game drew 11.34 million viewers. 20 years earlier, in 1994, it drew 22 million viewers. Three times the viewership of this week's All-Star Game. What's going on? Why is viewership down? Well, I think there are many reasons, but the number one thing I point my finger to is interleague play. When I was a kid in Milwaukee, if I wanted to see Ted Williams or Mickey Mantle, the only chance I had was to watch the All-Star Game. They played in the American League, and of course the Braves were in the National League. If the Yankees made the World Series, which they often did, I could at least see Mantle for anywhere between four and seven games in the World Series. Now, every team plays every other team each year. 
interleague play is so ubiquitous that it has taken away one of the main attractions of the All-Star Game, which was to pit the National League stars against the American League stars. Now you can see that any night of the week during the regular season. So I think baseball really has to find some other angle, some other hook with which to sell the All-Star Game. Interleague play is no big deal anymore. We see it all the time. We might start by letting the players go back to the old way of wearing their own team uniforms. Nowadays, they have them in these kind of bland, horrific American League All-Star uniforms and National League All-Star uniforms. Keep the focus on the players and the teams they represent. What they're doing now is nothing more than a horrible, homogenized attempt to create yet one more item that they can market. Forget it. I don't think a U.S. versus the world idea would fly either. We have the World Baseball Classic every three or four years when the American team takes the field against teams from around the world. That might play if the opponent team is the amalgam of the greatest stars from every foreign land. That's something to consider, I think. U.S. versus the world, all-star baseball. Another idea I think might be worth considering is this. Have one all-star team comprised of all-star players, let's say under the age of 27, versus another all-star team of players over the age of 27. Or make it 30, I don't care. But turn the contest into a generational game where the young upstarts get to attack the old all-stars who are trying to hold them off. That's an angle I think might sell better than what they're doing now. They've got to find something because if the uh, if this goes on, we're going to have uh, smaller and smaller viewerships of the all-star game, particularly when you surround it with the baseball draft, the baseball fashion show. I don't know whose crazy idea that was. And of course, the home run derby. I got to say that's becoming more and more like the NBA slam dunk competition to me. Uh, I'm losing interest in that as well. But if you had the uh, the young kids against the old all-stars, that might be something I'd pay to see. Let's move on now and do a short recap on Sunday's Major League Baseball draft. If you recall from last week's program, we uh, identified the top five players available and they were, in fact, the top five players drafted. We had the order a little bit different, but we did correctly identify the uh, the five best players. The number one pick was left-handed pitcher Paul Skeens from LSU, selected by the Pittsburgh Pirates, and his teammate outfielder Dylan Cruz went to the Washington Nationals with the number two pick. The Tigers went to the high school ranks and selected Max Clark, an outfielder from Franklin, Indiana, left-handed hitter. And then the Rangers, with the number four pick, selected Wyatt Langford, an outfielder from the University of Florida. The fifth pick went to the Minnesota Twins when they selected Walker Jenkins, a high school outfielder from Brunswick, North Carolina. 
So we got the first five guys right, which doesn't happen too often. The uh, sleeper pick that I gave you was a guy named Tommy Troy, an infielder from Stanford University. He didn't fool many people. He went in the first round also as the number 12 pick by the Arizona Diamondbacks. Overall, this year's draft was extremely deep in talent, and it turned out to be college-dominated. And you might recall I mentioned that three years ago, when they had the five-round COVID draft, as they're calling it, from 2020, a lot of high school players back then sat the draft out or they weren't picked in the top five rounds which increased the talent pool for this year's draft as college players become eligible after their junior year. Now, the Major League Draft is not like that of the NFL or NBA, where a guy can be drafted out of college or sometimes in basketball out of high school and have an impact in the pros. The names I just read to you and all the other players selected this week will require anywhere from one to three or four years of minor league development time before we know which teams drafted wisely. But one thing we do know, again, is that this draft, I think, historically should pan out to be a bonanza as far as the amount of talent that entered the game this year. Okay, it's trivia time now at Free Baseball. Last week's question, there's one team and only one team that has had 340 home run hitters in the lineup in the same season. Can you name the team? Can you name the season? And can you name the three players? Well, I think some of you may have gotten this. The answer is the Atlanta Braves. The year was 1973, and the three hitters with 40 or more home runs, second baseman Davey Johnson, later the Mets manager, Davey hit 43 home runs that year, third baseman Darrell Evans hit 41 home runs, and 39-year-old outfielder Henry Aaron hit 40 home runs that year. What makes it even more notable is that he did it all in 120 games played. Ironically, the Braves that year finished fifth in the National League with only 76 wins. And they finished 11th out of 12 in attendance, drawing a mere 800,655 fans. Go figure. All right, for next week, we have a two-part trivia question. The first is this. Only one Major League franchise has never been to the World Series. Can you name the franchise? Second part of the question. Only one Major League team has never had a full season record below 500. All right, which team has never been to the World Series? 
which team has never finished below 500? Those are your two-part questions for next week. I'd like to thank you for stopping by Free Baseball this week, and we'll be back next Friday with another episode. Hope to see you then. The Free Baseball Podcast is brought to you by Black Range Publishing, producers of the Gabe McKenna Mystery Series and the Black Range Pub Podcast. You can find us at www.blackrangepublishing.com. Free Baseball can also be found at the following podcast platforms, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Audible. Come back and enjoy Free Baseball every Friday. I'm your host, Robert Cadera. Thanks for stopping by. See you next week. Mm-hmm.